Welcome to StarCast, a show about tarot, divination, and all things mystical. StarCast is a celebration of StarCon, the Southeastern Tarot Artist and Readers Conference. I'm Amy Mauser, and here's your host, Christiana Gaudet. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of StarCast the podcast that celebrates StarCon. And we are now really counting the days until the next StarCon. StarCon 2022 will be January 21st through 23rd. And with me today, I am so excited to welcome Amy Zerner and Monty Farber. Welcome to StarCast. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be here with you. And we look so forward to your conference. We do. We have an amazing lineup. And you were some of the first people that that we got signed on. And just I'm in in my own tarot journey. The two of you have been so important to me. And I know I'm not the only one, Uh, but I've I've told lots of people the very third tarot deck I ever owned was Enchanted Tarot. That makes us feel great. It Thank surely you. does. So, and I, I think that's where I want to start. I know that at StarCon, um, you're going to do us the favor of really talking about your journey as creators of oracles. So I don't want to give too much away there. But since Enchanted Tarot was so much a part of my tarot development, can you tell me a little bit about the story of how that deck came to be? Yes, well, it's very magical and very enchanted, of course. And we we're going back to 1986 uh, when a dear friend of ours who was in publishing invited us to go to the big book fair, which is where all the publishers gather every year. And of course, well, way before that in college, I was into the tarot girlfriend turned me on to it and we you know we played around with it and uh, simultaneously I started studying astrology and tarot and when I met Monty in 1974 through the same woman yes that's right she was a catalyst in our lives and and so we we started that journey together but cut to 1986 when we went to this uh, book fair we just wandered around because Monty had a prototype for karma cards which was his first published book and um They were just on file cards, this oracle that he invented. And I had uh, some visuals with me because I always always had show and tell with me, you know, whatever way to present my art because it's mixed media, fabric, collage, tapestries. And sometimes it was so hard to explain that. So I always had pictures to show. So we were wandering around this um, huge, there were 400 booths and I saw U.S. Games and met Stuart Kaplan. And I said, I'm an artist, and this is what I do. And he was completely charged up. And he said, you you have to design a deck. And I think he, he said, you know, something like the Imperial Russian deck. That would be perfect for your, you know, type of work you do. So we shook hands. I said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll make a sample. So I made the, uh, a moon card, I think, yeah. so way back then. Yeah. Ultimately, we didn't do it with him because he wanted to own all the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a great guy, and that was his thing. You know, he was an art collector, but I didn't want to give that up because I was already showing in galleries. 
And at the same time, I was talking to Stuart. Martha was talking to uh, Edison Saad. Edison Saad, who was a British book packager about karma cards. And they shook hands right as I was shaking hands with Stuart. And um, it, they came out, karma cards came out with uh, Penguin books at the time. And my Enchanted Tarot came out with uh, St. Martin's Press at the time. It was kind of magical. We, we did it through this Edison Saad packager. And then we learned about book packaging, which is part of what we're going to share at StarCon, because we, in our journey, we've become adept at understanding book design and printing and editing and, and everything you have to do to make uh, a great book. And we, we learned a lot from these packagers. And, and then we branched out on our own and did our own book packaging for various publishers for for many of our books, The Psychic Circle, which came after that, Goddess Guide Me came after that. So so we really, um, that's part of our spiritual journey is learning how to do all these different things in different businesses. You know, learning how to speak the language of the various people that you work with, and interact with the designers, the importers, you know, the production managers. It helps if, if you understand. And because we came in at the book packaging level, we were able to actually meet the publishers and meet and, and go in front of the sales, sales force and, and, you know, and in publishing people um, get promoted laterally. They, they have trouble getting promoted in their company, but they go to different companies. So that's why we're with so many different companies. And still work with many of the people that we, we've known for 30 years, you know, it's such teamwork in publishing because um, everybody has to be on board. The sales force gets their information and passes on to editorial and vice versa. Um, and it's all about committees now. Yes. So, you know, even the subtitle and the title. Oh, we love that. And one thing, as far as my art goes, and as far as Monty's writing goes, they always let us do what we wanted to do in our way. That nobody ever edited my artwork or told us it had to be a certain size or this or that. That was always our choice. And we always had a lot of creative freedom that way, which... Uh, obviously, we like being an Aries and an Aquarius. <laughs> Don't so, tell us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just thinking. Okay, so Amy, you were. I'm assuming you are an art student in college. Well, I come from a family of artists, always encouraged and really raised, you know, to bring out that strength in myself. My mother was a commercial artist. My grandfather was a fine artist. My sister was an artist and my brother was a poet. So it was just my embryonic fluid. I went to Pratt Institute for a couple okay. of years and immediately started working in um, the theater, uh, designing props. And I also worked at a painting factory that made paintings for hotels. So I've always not, I've always made my living in art mm -hmm. somehow. That was, I, I was determined to do that. And picked up tarot in college as so many do what about you monty how, how what's your origin story well my my standard line is when i met amy she was studying astrology and tarot and i was studying amy so i learned astrology and tarot <laughs> I was I wasn't the, stupid it was on the path anyway yeah i was on the spiritual journey and i was very influenced by ram das and and uh paramahansa yogananda and jane roberts with seth speaks um, and, you know, they say when, when the student is ready, the teacher appeared, and then Amy appeared, and, <laughs> and we just got together, and, you know, for a long time, I was just making music, because that's, that's what I was doing, uh, but come, when I, when I 
developed Karma Cards. That's how we entered the publishing business. It's actually all thanks to her roommate in college, a man named Rupert Smith, who I bless every day. Um, he, he got me into astrology. Actually, uh, I had a professor, a painting teacher, who was also an astrologer. And he, he did our charts, you know, when we were so young. Of course, we, we didn't know what real astrology was till he did that. And the psychology of it completely hooked me right away. And um, so Rupert was was the person that changed our lives that way. He really did. He's like a Chagall angel hovering above us. And I remember him doing my chart and saying, you know, the music's okay, but you're going to make it as a writer. Wow. Yeah, no, he was, he was good even then. Unfortunately, he passed away from AIDS. He used to do all of the printing for Andy Warhol. And because of him, um, you know, I went to Studio 54. We met Warhol a couple of times. And um, it, it was a real entrance into that world, you know, that you don't realize you're having this amazing experience at the time you're having it. It was just like, oh, okay. You know, it, you know, I was sleeping at his loft next to the painting of Marilyn before it was actually a, a painting. It was just the background. And, you know, he was like, well, you know, it took longer to mix the paint than it did to make this painting. <laughs> you know, it was, it, was a lot, it was a lot of fun. Well, I must say we've had just amazing people along our, our yes. life path that yes. have helped us and guided us and influenced us. Yeah. yeah, Patty Gift, who's now with uh, Hay House. Because of her, we met Louise Hay. And because of her, at the time, we had a distribution deal with Barnes & Noble, which we still have for a lot of our stuff. You know, well, we, have we our... packaged um, many of our titles for Barnes & Noble. Yeah, and, and we, we remember, uh, you know, manifesting and saying, oh, God, we would love to have our own shelf at Barnes & Noble. And at the time, the, the salespeople that we knew were like, well, you're nuts. And, and... So that can't happen. So we we actually made a, a a phony you know our own for our house a shelf talker and made a bookshelf with all our books on it to help us visualize and now we have our own shelf at every Barnes and Noble. Yeah, so how many how many publications combined together all of it do you actually have? Well, over we've 50. lost track, but it's over fifty. It's over fifty. Yeah, um, some of them are the same book that we've been able to sell again because unfortunately when you're an Aquarius and an Aries you're ahead of your time and sometimes you know the timing wasn't right and now I mean as you know the, these subjects are so hot now yeah when, when sometimes, karma cards sometimes came, yeah they didn't know exactly what what it was or what to do with it so then we repackaged it and it came out uh, I mean a few we have a few things coming out next year four things and we just had three new books come out um, but that's what our that's our passion. It's what we love to do. And we're always coming up with new ideas, obviously. <laughs> and if anybody's really interested in our journey or wants to see the most amazing art world and the uh, artwork in the world, uh, what just came out just came out is Amy's art a book I wrote about Amy's art book called Enchanted Worlds, uh, the visionary collage, collages and art couture of Amy Zerner. So it has her clothing because Amy started putting her art not only onto illustrating uh, tarot cards and our other stuff. She started putting it on jackets when she won the 1986 uh, um, National Down for the Arts Award in painting. And and she's been at Bergdorf Goodman, which is Neiman Marcus in New York City. Just for another little hobby. I <laughs> <laughs> well, and the rich and famous wear your stuff. Yeah, we uh, Patty LaBelle uh, collects Amy's work. And she was so taken with Amy's work, she gifted jackets and they're expensive 
because they're one of a kind mm-hmm. to Martha Stewart and Oprah. Mm-hmm. You know, and Rihanna wears Amy's jewelry. Um, but but a lot of amazing women, a lot of philanthropists, a lot of women who the minute we know, hear a woman say, well, I'll have to ask my husband, we know they're not going to get Amy's work. Well, yeah. <laughs> they, Amy's collectors don't have to ask their husband anything. <laughs> Well, and I'm glad you mentioned Rihanna because I saw that go by a couple of years ago on social media that Rihanna had a ring that you had made, Amy. And so I have two questions. First of all, I want to know about you as a jewelry designer. But second, did you actually meet Rihanna? No, no. but I, she wore it through a whole tour. She wore um, my ring. So there's so many pictures of her wearing it and uh, performing in it. So I thought that was pretty cool considering she could have anything she wants. And she her, bought it. Yeah. She, we didn't give it to her. I sold my jewelry for about seven years at Bergdorf Goodman where I also sold my clothes. And um, that's where her stylist saw it and bought it for her. Wow. That is, and when did you become a, in, in all of this, like in your free hour between three and four in the morning, you decided to create jewelry? How, how does this happen? Again, it's all about becoming friendly with the people that you work with. Well, I had uh, my, I've been at Bergdorf Goodman for 20 years, so I've had buyers come and go or move around. So one of my buyers became a, a jewelry buyer on their trendy floor. And she said, you know, you really are an astrologer. So why don't you design a, a great line of astrology jewelry? So I said, okay, I love challenges. You know? <laughs> I had been designing silver jewelry uh, based on my goddesses and other themes, some based on my tarot. So uh, anyhow, it became a very hot item at Bergdorf Goodman and Neiman Marcus. And, and now it's again, everywhere. I had to learn all about you know, the manufacturer and the metals and the um, shipping and importing. And jewelry um, manufacturers are nuts, by the way. It, yes. It's so different than <laughs> in publishing. Everyone's pretty, you know, great, actually. But with jewelry, oh, my God, mm-hmm. they tell you stuff and it doesn't happen. And you just have to add another month to whatever they tell you. Well, sometimes looking back, you know, we were simultaneously doing lots of book titles and my jewelry and my clothes and traveling for trunk shows. And I was just looking back at emails, you know, how you do sometimes. And I can't believe that we were doing that all at the same time. So that explains why we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's all in Amy's. It's all an enchanted world. Yes, we, we it's all in that book. That book has changed our life because. You know, it's like looking down. We never looked down when we were climbing the ladder. And, and that book is looking down I think at, at we, our life. We never said no to opportunities. And I always encourage people uh, to do that. My mother told me that, too, when I was young, looking for jobs in the art world. She said, just say yes. Say yes, you can do it. And I always did. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But you do. You figure it out. And Yeah, that's well, that's how got, Amy got into working with fabric is, is Tony Walton, the, the Academy Award winning set designer, uh, asked her to do a bedspread for the original Broadway play of Chicago. And Amy had never done a bedspread before. She'd never worked in fabric before, except when she was a child, which is also in the book, <laughs> uh, when she used to make clothes for chipmunks. <laughs> And, and <laughs> he knows everything about me. I do. And 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 so she said yes. And then there's Cheetah. We have photographs of Cheetah Rivera and Liza Minnelli dancing on the bedspread that Amy made for the original production of Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
And and that because uh, enchanted tarot is textile, right? I mean, that's yeah. So it kind of facilitated and gave me so many ideas. And I think um, in, in life there are those you know epiphanies that you have that are kind of set you on where you're meant to go, and doors start opening at that point. Sometimes you're banging your head against the door. <laughs> but when those doors open, you know, you got to fly through. So now I want to jump forward to TikTok. I enjoy you so much on TikTok. When did you get on TikTok? What are your thoughts about it? And, and tell us what you're doing on TikTok. Well, I, I didn't exactly know what TikTok was. But a young friend of ours said, you know, you guys are perfect for this, you know. And I just think during the pandemic when we're locked down and we want to reach out just like we are with this, you know, the, the tools now to communicate. So so they're little, like little um, videos and sound bites. Just And we have, as we've been talking, so many book titles and so many ways to demonstrate what we do, whether it's, you know, working with a model or, or demonstrating how the cards work or doing a ritual from the Enchanted Tarot. So we, we just film each other and our young friend encouraged us, said, yes, just do quick, you know. Right. <laughs> I want you to do this. And like we would say, okay. And since say, stay enchanted, follow for more at the end of it. And, and, and he said, this is for your, you know, for you page. I said, what's a for you page? And, you know, once again, we've learned, we've learned how it works. Yeah, and and you know, Amy has something in her chart. I I know I have to look for it one day, but she is blessed sometimes with getting things on the first shot, mm -hmm. like like the Enchanted Tarot. She sold it on the first shot. Karma cards. We sold it on Aries, the first. Aries, we sold right? it on the first shot. But because usually we're telling people, listen, you're going to get rejected till you get accepted, which is true. And and we've had things that have been harder to sell than other things. But she has something in her. When, before the houses were built around our house, we used to set up a mattress and do archery, and I would do it. And then one day I said, Amy, why don't you give this a try? And, and so she she took a shot with the bow and arrow, regular bow and arrow, you know, Robin Hood kind, not compound bow and arrow. She hit the bullseye in the first shot. Second arrow split the first arrow, just like the legend of Robin Hood. I saw it with my own eyes. Well, it's a beginner's luck, right? Then That's, I couldn't hit it at all. Then the safest places to stand was right in front of the target because she couldn't even, you know, hit the target after that. But but she has this beginner's luck thing. And on the first thing on TikTok got 300,000 followers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, 300,000 views, excuse me. I think um, uh, it hasn't been like that since. People... You know, people that have project ideas, they always ask us, and I say, don't overthink it because it, it, it's going to come together as you work on it. Because I see people being such perfectionists and it blocks them, it stops them because they say, should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? Or they worry about, are they going to sell it? You can't do things like this for money. You can't have that as your goal, really, initially. It has to come from your heart. It has to come from your gut and your passion. Yeah, even Amy's mother told us you can't make money in publishing. But we did make money in publishing our own, our own way because you can't listen to anybody else about what you're doing. You got It's like that wonderful book title, Do What You Love and the Money Will Follow. Yes. It's, it's so true. And to express yourself and to find your voice and to find your... your um, your mode and your materials, you know, the things that resonate with you. And you have to do a lot of experimenting 
to do that. You know, we have that show every Monday, Ask the Oracles. We've been on a a wonderful guest. Yeah, a couple of times. And and people will ask that question, should I do this or that? And we and, say, why do you have to choose? Why don't you do both? <laughs> yeah, we, we just don't understand that. Same thing with Jeff. He looks at every, you know, he, he he says the same thing we do. Why do you have to do one thing? Because you never, you got to throw the pasta at the wall. Well, there was another uh, TikTok. I made a little video and said, don't put me in a box. That was 160,000 followers on so that. I, I, I can see that kind of hit home with a lot of people because People have a variety of interests and a variety of talents and a variety of gifts. And I always find that kind of annoyed me when people, like Monty worked in the film business for many years and doing locations, right? So if he had a script, people didn't want to know him as a script writer. They wanted right. just to do locations and that was it. Right. Well, with me, I remember um, when we first started with the books, our publisher was a great guy, really smart guy. He said, just stick to astrology. Don't do tarot. You know. I swear to God. Yeah. And but he meant well. He was trying to save us from what he thought would be disappointment. But we had to be true to ourselves. So you can't, you have to be careful, you know, what who you're listening to. Well, luckily, in, I started off as a production assistant. And then someone said, you know, I, I can't get an, a, a location scout. You want to give it a try? I said, yeah, I don't know what the hell it is, but I'll do it. Sure. <laughs> and it was someone who had been a waiter. For me, when I used to go out, when I worked in a hi-fi speaker factory making good money, I would go out to eat at this guy's restaurant. He was my waiter. Then he became my boss. He started, he, <laughs> His journey took him to producing films and commercials. So you know, be nice to everybody, really. is It's it's a practical thing as well as a spiritual yes, thing. Yes, you never know. He hired me. I, I then went on to do location management, and then they asked me to be a bodyguard. So I ended up being a bodyguard for Michael J. Fox and all different kinds of people. You know, the journey, say yes. It's just like your mother said. Say <laughs> yes when they ask you, can you do it? Yeah, sure. Then you figure well, out how to do it. Christiana, you you didn't know all about how to make an event. I mean, on top of everything else. Still don't, apparently. <laughs> That's just it. You know, you, you do it. It's like they say, write what you want to know, write what you want to learn. So it wouldn't be any fun if we knew all about it ahead of time. Right, yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's true. And and that's it. I think there is something, there is a magic to jumping into something, you know, to having enough faith that, okay, what I know, I know, and what I don't know, I'll figure out along the way. And I have faith in that. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's the same when you write a book, you don't always know what you're going to write. And that's an adventure. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you make discoveries and there's twists and turns and Different things come out that you didn't even know that you knew or wanted to know. Well, you know, Karma Cards is a reimagining of the planet signs and houses as an instructional tool. And it's fun and it predicts the future. And then I thought the same way with a, with tarot. I decided to do uh, instant tarot. And I actually got to meditate on each card and think about what it meant in every position of the Celtic cross reading. So I didn't know I could even do it. But I did it, you know, and, and then once again, you don't look down when you're climbing the ladder. And then afterwards, the book's finished. And, it, and I use the book like anyone else because I don't remember it, writing all these different things well, about instant kind of tarot. Are in a trance or a transcendent space. I mean, I know I am when I'm making art. Um, and that's why we like to do it. <laughs> yeah. So you have both individually and together developed over the years 
tools that we all use. Yes, including um, we use them too. Well, that was going to be my question, Mr. Psychic Guy, is <laughs> I want to know which tools are you using in your lives and how do you use them practically? How are you using divination in your lives? Well, our, our lives are more than just making divination tools, but we do ask, like I'll ask the karma cards a question. We'll ask you, you know, the Enchanted Tarot, we have an app so we can use it in different places. You can, uh, it's made by the fool's I would dog. say I, I use the Enchanted Tarot the most. Um, my eldest child, right? I consult. And I do quick readings being an Aries. I do one card readings all the time. We're checking in, especially one project. You use the last oracle to make the new oracle. So um, we use, the, we use the wild the, goddess a lot. Yeah, the wild goddess came out um, this fall. And I've been using that a lot. It's like, you know, our new best friend. And, and in combination also, and, and, you know, all the, these are exercise tools for your intuition. So, of course, you become more intuitive the more you use them and you don't have to rely on them. But you use them being a visual person. I love, That's why we love to design them and use them. They trigger, the imagery really triggers the answers. Well, that's, and then sometimes that's the basis. You want, you want astrology, so you go to the karma cards. Whoa. I guess it just depends on what mood you're in. Well, the, the Creativity Oracle is designed literally to help a person with a creative project. Mm. Somebody who, who wants to be more creative in their life because you can use creativity uh, to be a parent, to be to be a, anything really. Yeah. But the creativity is oracle is specifically designed to to uh, there's things like pitching, how to, you know, there's there's all all the things that we've learned and something that we use every day before we go to sleep is uh, the quantum affirmations technique I evolved. Uh, the, the new energy science of consciousness. That's a man manifesting technique. Yeah, because the question was, uh, this answers the question of how did I get to be from homeless to where I am now? And I, and I found out that I did have this technique of visualizing the future with the problems that were going to come as a way of sort of telling my subconscious, yes, you can handle the problems that are going to come. Because that's why people say, should I do this or that? They're afraid that They'll make a mistake. They'll make a mistake and something's going to go wrong. Well, guess what? Something's going to go wrong no matter what you do. <laughs> you know, because I, maybe it's because I grew up in a family where no matter what you did, there was always some bullshit about something. And, and, and you always offended somebody for doing. You know, that's where the expression, correct me if I'm right, comes from. Because, because you know, you'd be right, but you'd get corrected for it. We also love, you know, astrology. So we're always checking in to feel the pulse. I think that's mainly what all these things do. It helps you feel the pulse of the moment, you know, energetically, what's what's appropriate now, what is, uh, what guidance do I need to hear right now? What Sometimes you ask about other people. I mean, look, we know this is fun as well as practical. But right. <laughs> I'm just doing the card set. We don't use the, the uh, Enchanted Love Tarot very often because we have a great relationship. That's for other people, right. But that was designed so for people to pick one uh, tarot card out of this new deck that Amy designed, once again, Fabric Collage Tapestries. And, and to, to answer a specific, some of my best writing, I'd like to say, because I do, like the song, I Know Something About Love, and, I, and we put that into the Enchanted Love Tarot, 
and and but we don't use it that much. Not for us. No, no. I mean, it's like <laughs> I don't have any relationship questions. Yeah, and yes, uh, yeah. But you know, that is, as you know, the most often asked question, I guess, right? Right. How can I find love? It can be. It can be. And also, like I find professionally, I've been full time reading for almost thirty years, and love is the most unpredictable thing. So it's the funniest thing because it is a very often asked question. Is this relationship going to work? How do I find love? How do I fix this relationship? All those things. And love is so hard to predict because of its own magical quality. Yes. Yes. And I find sometimes people are looking for a certain answer, but they don't really want to do what they have to do. I mean, they often don't want to hear what the cards have to say in terms of love. Well, especially when you got people say, yeah, and I don't want them to be short, and I want them to be this, I want her to be this. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're, you're trying to tell the universe what to do? It doesn't work like that. You got to be open. One of the things I really do appreciate, um, you know, hooking on to that is your concept of manifestation is so healthy. Uh, that's how I'm going to say it. Thank so, you. so often people who work with law of attraction, people who work with magic and manifestation really try to make it be like the universe is Santa Claus. I can have <laughs> everything I want. And if I'm not getting what I want, then I'm a bad person or I've, I've done something wrong. And I think that you have really come to an understanding that I think is very spiritually true and really healthy and really valid. And I, I'm just so grateful that you've done that. Well, well thank, thank you very you. much. I, well, we did a little uh, affirmation deck called The Little Reminders, The Law of Attraction. Uh, it's 36 Oracle cards. That's one of our evergreen titles. It sells all the time and reprints. And, and we do know about manifesting, I have to say. Um, but I think, you know, we live in the real world. And like we were saying, we, we work with so many people in different businesses and um, having to bring things to life. You know, we, we make products that, that we sell. And yeah, so and you have to be very aware of how different businesses work. How, how working with other people, how that works, which is all relationships, really. So, yeah. so we know how real life works, and I guess that goes back to what you were saying. About the healthiness, the, the authenticness. Well, because we've had things work, we've also had things not work. And, and, and you, that's okay. You, you can't know. take it personally. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe we, well, also, and, and you know, now we, we have had people do things that are very, let's put it this way, that are the sincerest form of flattery. <laughs> Uh, you know, people have have done things that and and will in the future. It's not like it's going to stop. Well, I mean, we know from the fashion business is the worst at that, right? As far as competitive uh, yeah. ripoffs, imitations. We had uh, one of the senior people at Bergdorf's not buy uh, uh, caftans from a particular company who I will not mention. Because famous, very famous. Very famous company. She said, we did not buy this line of caftans because they were ripping you off, Amy. And we know because we were part of the process that enabled you to make this caftan for the Saudi princess. So wow. they knew that, that that Amy was being copied and they and Bergdorf didn't take it. And that's a big blow to a company to have Bergdorf say, sorry, we're not going to take your line. You know, the Kabbalah says that uh, stealing is... Yeah, plagiarism is a form of murder in the Kabbalah. 
So that's a karmic thing. And I think that it's kind of a free-for-all these days because people have access to so much. Right. It's theirs, you know, maybe uh, people don't exactly understand how copyright and trademarks work. Um, We had a a famous publisher try to come out with their own version of karma. They were going to call it karma cards. And another project they were doing, they were going to call the Enchanted Tarot. No. Yeah. yeah, and, And... they were like, well, you know, you can't copyright a title. I said, no, but you can copyright a product. And we did. And I sent this person, I, at the time it was a fax. I said, look in your fax machine. I'm sending you copies of the U.S. trademarks. And they, they couldn't do it. Well, Monty uh, is very businesslike and he, he agents us and he does all the legal work also. And I think it's important for people to understand, again, um, these different aspects of how businesses operate. You know, you can't just be an artist and think, oh, I wish somebody would do the business for me. (laughs) You know, I mean, it empowers you to know how these things work. And that's why I think we understand uh, as far as manifesting and showing other people um, to be whole that way. You can't just ignore or be in denial or think, you know, somebody's going to discover you and do all the hard work. That would be lovely, actually. Well, and, you know, that goes back to the law of attraction, where there are so many people who believe, okay, if I burn this candle and say these words, these wonderful things are going to happen, and I don't have to do any of the things. <laughs> well, exactly. And, <laughs> and that's where the, car, uh, the, the quantum affirmations technique comes in. Because a lot of times people will do affirmations, and God bless them, and all the people that do it, and all the people who write the books about it. But they get to a point where your subconscious says, no, that's not happening. Because, you know, or they hit something like, oh, my God, that's going to happen. And, yeah. and what it's going to happen if, if, if I'm really successful and then, and then this is going to happen. And no, you got to just say, yeah, keep doing the, they stop doing the affirmations because they get scared of, of it's something. Not, it seems unrealistic. Your subconscious knows, you know, it's not all woo-woo. <laughs> and, and, and with quantum affirmations, if you hit something and you have resistance, that's a gift to you because you want to know what your problems are, what are the bumps ahead? You, you want your subconscious is not going to walk you into a dangerous situation. It wants you, it wants to know that you're ready for this, that you're going to have fun with the ride. You know, it's not going to put you on the roller coaster if it knows you're going to throw up. <laughs> you know, I think that is such an important point. And I, I see this in my own life and I see it in my clients' lives where we feel very guided to a particular thing, to a particular journey. And on that journey, some weird stuff happens. And we're like, so was my intuition wrong? Did I make a bad choice? What's up with that? But you keep going on the journey. And then it becomes very clear why all of that was part of it and how important it was and how it got you to where you needed to be. I think that's a very mature attitude. Yes, and, and, and because Amy and I have been very fortunate, we have interacted with people who are very successful, very well-known, very rich, and they have problems. <laughs> it's just different problems. It's, if you think you're going to hit a level where your problems are going away, try a different planet, because on Earth, it's not going to be that. Another thing I notice, um, you know, because people over the years have written to us, you know, I have a book idea, I want to get published, I have a deck idea, this and that. You have to learn how to schmooze a little bit. Um, yeah. That's a book one term. But, you know, 
you have to know how to write a letter. Say, you know, I admire your work. I wonder if maybe you can advise me, you know, because I, I followed you for years. Instead, it's like, you know, I have a friend who has a deck, and can I, can you give me the name of your editor or something like that? It's like there's no finesse. Well, this is <laughs> this is why publishers and people in all businesses want to work through an agent because they are afraid that they're going to be working with someone who's not professional. And they might have the publisher might have something in the hopper that's very similar to this, and they're going to get sued. And and it actually has happened. Look what happened with uh, Robert Redford and and the the movie Downhill Racer. He came out with it, and then someone came and sued him because yes, they had shown him a script that was very similar, and, and we, he had forgotten all say, about it. We always say, "Don't show us anything." We're right? Not, we don't want to know. <laughs> blast somebody you know with your manuscript you know you have to feel it out see if it's appropriate even your friends i mean we once had somebody you know i i, I told them what about how publishing works and packaging and printing and then about a year later they was like i forgot what you told me can you, can tell, you tell me, me again, again? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I mean i could teach a course in outward boundaries and it was like no i'm not going to tell you you know you didn't write it down you don't remember i'm not going to waste my time twice <laughs> I don't even remember who that was, actually. I guess we never heard from him again. But screw him, you know? <laughs> so you're astrologers as well. And yeah. uh, you may have figured out that the uh, StarCon 2022 will be happening during a Mercury retrograde. Yes. Um, and, you know, because we're doing an annual event, it's going to be on that weekend every year. So sometimes Mercury will be in retrograde. So I have two questions for you as regards this. First, uh, Jenna Matlin and I decided that the cool thing to do would be to have an altar to Mercury. And we're going to do it online on Excelevance and also in person at the hotel. And so I'm wondering what you would put on an altar to Mercury, number one. And number two, any thoughts about the benefits of having a conference during Mercury retrograde? Well, I, uh, full disclosure, I was born during a Mercury retrograde, so I can't say that it's a bad thing. Yes, don't <laughs> the Mercury retrograde. Right. It has a lot to do with um, you know reconsidering and reviewing, which is great for metaphysical subjects because we're always uh, dealing with ancient wisdom in mm -hmm. new forms, um, reviewing maybe tools that we've used already, but using them in new ways. So I think, you know, a conference that is all about these things that we love to, to go over it again, um, to share it again, to repackage it in new ways, the information in new ways, it's kind of perfect for Mercury retrograde. People with lots of Mercury retrogrades in their, I mean, lots of retrogrades in their chart of different planets. Monty and I both have that. He has a little more than me. That's what, what makes you a good writer. You review it, you edit it, you go, you know, and of course, you know, with technical things, you have to just be extra careful with all of that stuff. And, and with the travel arrangements. But and it's then, not... you know, a little ahead of time, make sure that everything's in order. And well, pl and plus, you know, when I said I work in the movie business, movies can go on, like the secret of my success when I was Michael's bodyguard, went on for three and a half months. And then three and a half months, you're going to hit a Mercury retrograde. Right, right. There's no way around it at a certain point. 
But, you know, there's something in astrology called hoary astrology where you ask a question and you look at the chart. And you just, Monty's looking at the chart. I'm right looking now. at the chart. And Neptune's at the top of the chart. And Neptune is all about spirituality, psychic work, anything that has to do with helping the humanity on a real feeling basis. Neptune at the top of the chart is great for what you're asking. And here's Mercury over here. So this is the answer to the question you just asked. Right. Yeah. And so it's all about partnership and Mercury retro. The symbol for retrograde is the same as prescription. It's an RX. Yes. yes. It's like re retrograde. Anything with re in the title, I guess that includes Rihanna. <laughs> anything, anything with re in the title, like review, repurpose, repackage, resurrect, you know, anything with that is good during a Mer Mercury retrograde. And a conference is all about reviewing what all the, the teachers Knowledge, have learned. Yes. So right. it's a perfect time. And, and I also think as far as your uh, question about altars, I would have people write messages to add. Uh, maybe they can email you those and you can cut them up and put it on the actual of what they want to achieve with the conference or wishes for everything to go smoothly or and a lot of silver, you know, because Mercury is quick silver, silver and, and water to keep it pure and flowing, flowing forward plus you're going to have a lot of spiritual uh and uh, and planetary support because you're one of the first live things coming out of this covid lunacy yes so the, there's a lot of spirits on the other side that do not like the lockdowns i can tell you that right now <laughs> the, spirits are free, right? the spirits are free they don't lockdowns mean prison and hell you know that's the, and i don't think there is a hell but you know, I'll, I'll find out right um but but I think the force will be with you. The as far as exactly. And the and you'll have the planet Uranus, which is all about freedom, eccentricity, genius, and that of the blue, exciting things. Right. I mean, right behind you, you're going to have the wind at your back because you guys are blasting people out of the pandemic, stupidity, lockdown, frozen yes, there's prison. There's a lot of courage. And in the new year, people want this new energy and new opportunities and new sharing. And they really miss the gatherings right yeah and, and um mars is in sag right now that mars and sag is let's go let let's go someplace new and exciting and learn stuff from other cultures yes so that's fabulous and uranus is uh, related to the fool yeah for yes. sure it's, it's new exciting and Adventures. take a chance yes. yeah, yeah. in, in astrology, astrology as a psychological language uranus represents um Keep everything new. When you wake up in the morning, you want to be excited to get out of bed. I think also there, you're going to have unexpected things happen that will be wonderful at the conference. Mm. It's not all you know going to be planned. You know, there are different. I don't mean things going wrong technically, but I think a lot of ideas will emerge. A lot of exciting connections. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. This is. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Monty. I was just saying you're going to have it during the time of Aquarius. Yes. You know, it's and, and Aquarius is futuristic. Electronics are our are bag. You know, we like everything to be new and exciting. The only thing you got to watch out for is throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And if you do that, you'll be fine. <laughs> if, if that's the Aquarian energy because you want, you know, it, it can be the mad scientist, the absent-minded scientist, or the Einstein scientist. You know, it's, it's someone who wants to make the use what's best from the past to make the future yes, better. Yes, I think there'll be a lot of wonderful new ideas. Mm. I, I, it, it itself is a wonderful new idea in that we are the first multi-tracked tarot conference to be held completely hybrid. 
Yeah. You're the very first. And so it is a new idea. So yeah. So you're going to, I'm serious. You're going to have, the planets are going to be singing when, when you have this <laughs> conference. You're going to have them all like, oh yeah, we're going to make sure this one goes. <laughs> because, because there's a lot, especially the planet Uranus and, and Mars, they, rep, they love somebody who takes a chance. And also Jupiter just went into Pisces, which is wonderful for uh, spiritual knowledge. Perfect. Yeah, it's a big change. It came out of Aquarius. And I, whereas Aquarius loves humanity, it's people they can't stand. Pisces actually cares about people. <laughs> oh, that's like the Snoopy cartoon, which is so legendarily Aquarian. I love humanity. It's people I can't stand. There you go. There you go. Amy Zerner and Monty Farber, I want to thank you so much for being my guest here on StarCast and for your presentation that you will be gracing us with at StarCon. We cannot wait. We're so excited. For people who want to learn more about you, people who want to join you on Mondays for Ask the Oracles, how can people learn more about you right now? Well, for the TikTok is uh, at Amy Zerner, and, and it's theenchantedworld.com or um or amyzerner.com. Our website is theenchantedworld.com. It has all of our books and everything we do. Instagram, we're always announcing uh, everything that we do, which is Monty Farber, M-O-N-T-E, Farber, F-A-R-B-E-R, and my name, Amy Zerner. Um, Z-E-R-N-E-R. We're a lot on social media, and we love to share. We love to And Facebook. Yep. Yeah, we're all the flavors. I mean, we don't do... We don't... We don't do Twitter. Twitter is weird, but but I, I don't do LinkedIn. Uh, I probably have like seven thousand people messages waiting on LinkedIn. I, I don't, you can't do everything. You can't do everything, but Instagram um, and Facebook, uh, we're always announcing stuff. And on Facebook, I, I write things every once in a while about astrology, or else I tell crazy stories from my past, or else I do free reading sometimes. Yes, my dude jumps on and reads everybody. So. We keep it new and exciting and Uranian, and, and, and we're really excited to be part of Starcom. Well, thank you so very much. We will see you in just a few weeks. And uh, I, I am just so, uh, so excited. As I said, my journey began with the two of you. The wow. fact that I'm sitting here speaking with you right now is, is a dream come true. And I know a lot of people are going to feel that way as they enjoy your presentation at StarCon. So thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. And it's going to be on my birthday, January 23rd, uh, 2nd. Wow. That could not be better. We will have a cake in your honor. Thank you. I'll have cake too here. <laughs> Perfect. Take good care. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for StarCast. For more information about our annual conference, visit us online at StarCon.com. That's S-T-A-A-R-C-O-N dot com. We are looking forward to seeing you in January.